For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solody. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. Paul and I are continuing our look at the Dolphins' 53-man roster and positional breakdown. This week, it is the offensive line. We're going to take a look from top to bottom, give our predictions on who's going to not only start, but also make the 53-man roster. But starting out with the 53-man roster, Paul, uh, we're really in agreement except for one player so far at quarterback, running back, fullback, and wide receiver. The only difference we have, you uh, you have Miles Gaskin making the final 53-man roster. I do not. Um, but other than that, we've both got Rosen and Fitzpatrick at quarterback. We have Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj, and Chandler Cox at running back. And again, you have Gaskin. And at wide receiver, uh, we both have Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker, and finally Preston Williams, the undrafted free agent out of Colorado State. And at tight end, we had Mike Gesicki, Dwayne Allen, and Durham Smythe. So taking a look so far now, we've had a week to sleep on it, Paul. Any changes to your 53-man roster up to this point? Not as of yet. I mean, uh, I still flirt with the idea of Nick O'Leary or uh, Isaiah Ford, potentially. But in the end, uh, I'm still sticking with my guns on this one. Yeah, and I've been coming around a little bit more on Miles Gaskin, and I, I do think he has the inside track on making the roster. But I'd like to take those roster spots and use them on other positions, some of which may be the offensive line that we're talking about today. So we're, we're continuing to break down the 53-man roster as well as the position-by-position position battles. We're going to talk about the starters as well as the players that we see making the roster too. But, Paul, take a look at the offensive line in general. You know, obviously because of how few draft picks the Dolphins had in April and – how little money they spent on free agency, it seems like the offensive line really got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, if I had to give a grade today um, on a grade of A through F, it, it it feels like an incomplete right now. I mean, my my gut leading up to the draft, I thought Miami was going to try to build the trenches more than anything. And they did put a few draft picks into the offensive line, but nothing compared to what they needed, especially following the loss of Juwan James. So again, I, I know I keep using this analogy, but Miami's an injury away from bringing a sticker reader out of Walmart to come play offensive line. And in reality, they might, they might be looking for a sticker greeter amongst the starters at this point. Cause it's, it's awfully thin as you look at this depth chart. Yeah, it's not looking really good. I mean, for me, 
to grade these starters right now? Because after OTAs, you had Laramie Tunzel at left tackle, which is very good. Chris Reed at left guard, not good. Center Dan Kilgore, not good. Right guard uh, Jesse Davis, eh, I'm starting to like him a little more. And Jordan Mills at right tackle is terrible. So if I had to grade this position right now based on the starters, it's no higher than a D-plus or a C-minus. And that's a scary proposition right there. But the good thing is, if it's not those five guys starting, there could be a lot more upside as we head into the season. One of those guys, obviously, is Michael Dieter, the third-round guard from Wisconsin, should be challenging at left guard. Isaiah Prince should be, you would hope, somewhere in the mix at that right tackle spot. And you also hope maybe somebody steps up that's a little bit of an unknown, too. Yeah, and, and the weird thing is is Jesse Davis, who I do like, I like a hell of a lot more at right tackle than I do at right guard. So he's still got question marks at right tackle even, and Jordan Mills has question marks at right tackle. And Isaiah, Isaiah has freaking question marks at right tackle coming out of college. So, you know, you've basically got a gaping hole at right guard and – three players that come with a lot of question marks and baggage at right tackle. Uh, I do like the long-term potential of Isaiah Prince for that right tackle position. I don't like the long-term potential of Jordan Mills, obviously, Um, though I do think he's okay as a stopgap given what Miami has and what the market dictated. But again, Jesse Davis at right guard uh, makes me want to throw up my mouth a little bit. Uh, he's a lot more palatable as a right tackle, which unfortunately Miami at least has guys with question marks at right tackle. They've got gaping hole behind Jesse Davis at right guard. See, I'm coming around on Jesse Davis. I mean, whether it's right guard or right tackle, but I think it's very important that the Dolphins find out if he is a right tackle, because if he is, it's not as difficult to find those centers and guards as it is left tackle and right tackle. What a coup that would be if the Dolphins could get those two positions straightened away here during the 2019 season. But also, too, when I look at this depth chart and when you look at the NFL draft, it doesn't surprise me that the Dolphins couldn't spend a lot of picks on the offensive line. I mean, keep in mind, they traded basically a a 2020 – or excuse me, a 2019 second and a – 2024th for for Josh, or excuse me, a, a 2019 second and fourth for Josh Rosen, and for for Josh Rosen. Excuse me, I'm tripping up over myself. And they also traded a sixth round pick, uh, and Ryan Tannehill did a fourth round pick. So they actually prevented themselves from having a second, fourth, and a sixth round pick in this year's NFL draft. That was the strategy so that they could have seven picks in the first four rounds next year and the reason i bring that up is because had they had a second and a fourth round pick this year paul they could have you know stayed there at 48 and drafted texas a&m center mike mccoy or or, excuse me eric mccoy and they could have drafted say a ben powers a guard from oklahoma who looks pretty plug and play as well as well as Dieter. so they could have had the opportunity to you know draft three or four offensive linemen in this NFL draft and maybe had their starting unit for the next five, six, seven years, but they didn't go that route. And I'm glad they didn't go that route because they really pushed those resources to the 2020 draft instead. 
Yeah, and like we've talked about a lot with this draft, this draft was setting themselves up for next year's draft. It was basically, you know, the the win-win of the Josh Rosen trade where I do think it's going to pan out. I'm, I'm going to say that first and foremost. But if it doesn't pan out, Miami's in the top five most likely. Miami can pick their quarterback of the future without mortgaging all that draft capital that they pushed into that 2020 draft. If it does work out with Josh Rosen, you're probably picking somewhere in the low teens, maybe even still in the single digits. But again, you're p- picking a little further back, but you're able to surround him with a hell of a lot of talent moving forward. And I'll say this about every position on the Dolphins, but I'll particularly say this about anyone on the offensive line that's not named Laramie Tunsil. You should be on notice heading into next offseason if you're a Dolphin. You should be tripping over yourself to prove yourself because Miami has a hell of a lot of draft capital and a hell of a lot of cap space after the 2019 season. And Miami is locked and loaded to make a leap from wherever they end up this year, whether it's mediocre, whether it's bad, or whether it's surprisingly good. Miami has the capital to make a big leap, and they have a talented GM and staff in that front office to make that big leap. So you should be on notice and really doing everything in your power even more than usual to prove yourself and step up if you're along this offensive line or really any position for the Dolphins this year. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The way I look at this season is – Who is really going to step up and join Laramie Tunzel, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Xavier Howard as those core long-term Dolphins? I don't know if there's going to be anybody on this offensive line right now on the roster where that's going to be the case, but that's where the mindset is. Get Josh Rosen on the field, see what you have with him, and then from that point, you know, to quote uh, CK, who used to be on the show all the time, is now on three yards per carry, this whole season really seems to be kind of a tryout for so many of these positions. Offensive line is one of them. I, th- I think if you can come away this season with Jesse Davis as a solid right tackle and Michael Dieter as a solid left guard, and you've got three of those five pieces in place, I think you can clean up the rest of the offensive line here in the upcoming years. So, Paul, I, two things to that. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll take you a step further on that. At right tackle – if you can come away with either Jesse Davis or Isaiah Prince as that long-term answer, and now you only have to fill that right guard and possibly and definitely center position to, to complete that offensive line, you're setting yourself up well, and you're also staggering the years in which they're going to become free agents from there. So there is something to be said for that, so you don't have to make decisions on paying your entire offensive line at one time. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Uh, so – with the offensive line, again, in, the, in OTA starting out, you had Tunzel, Reed, Kilgore, Davis, and Mills as your starting five. Not a very good lineup there. How do you see the offensive line shaking out, and who, who do you see the, the five guys being come week one? And I'll go ahead and tell you my five after that. So while I will say that, at least in the right now, Jesse Davis is the best right tackle on the team because of the way things shake out. I mean, along the left side, I do see Laramie Tunzel. I do see Michael Dieter and I do see Daniel Kilgore in the middle, at least to begin the year being, being the three guys. And then it it turns into a little bit of a Yahtzee cup over on the right-hand side. Um, 
I've got Jesse Davis starting at right guard, mainly because unless you're going to bump Chris Reed over there, I don't see anybody else taking that spot. And I think Jordan Mills will start the year, but I think Isaiah Prince may unseat him as we go along. Yeah, that's very, very possible. I've got a little bit of a curveball as far as my starting five. I've got Tunzel at left tackle. I've got Dieter at left guard. I've got Kilgore at center. One little surprise here that I'm going to throw your way is Dion Shaq Calhoun. I'm really rooting for to not only make the roster, but make an impact and try to get into the week one lineup too. I mean, this is somebody coming out of Mississippi State that, yes, he's undrafted, but he played against very high competition. If you want to take a look at this guy, see what he did against Alabama and Raekwon Davis, who was supposed to be a top 10 pick next year. I mean, he lunges just a little bit. He needs to stay back. But in pass protection, he certainly looks like he belongs. He connects with that defensive tackle, and you're going to need a lot of that in pass protection in this division here with the Jets, with the Bills, and with the Patriots because they've got some strong interior presences there. So if you can have Calhoun at right guard, you can keep Jesse Davis at right tackle. I hope that is what's happening. I'm wishing very, very much with that, but I like what I've seen on tape with him. The other option is for Isaiah Prince to start at right tackle. He's got a long way to go. He was a mess in a lot of games and pass protection, especially the big ones last year. But if you can have him at right tackle, and even if he starts and even has a below-average season for a right tackle, then I think that's, that's something to really build off on, on an offensive line like this. It is. And you look back at, at Isaiah Prince two years ago, and he was pretty damn dominant. So – Hopefully the coaching staff can correct whatever went wrong his senior year. I mean, he, he was a guy that was projected very, very, very much higher. I believe uh, heading into last season, he was somewhere around like the number three projected tackle uh, or right tackle going into the draft. And then the senior season did have some messes to it. So, I mean, he's a guy that I'm definitely rooting for. I think he's got all the tools. He just needs some coaching, which Miami's got that in spades. So if we could head forward with that, that'd be awesome. And the weird thing I'm just going to throw in there as well is if your curveball comes true or if Isaiah Prince comes through for us and starts the year at right tackle, that may be the scenario where you don't see Jordan Mills make the team. If either Shaq Calhoun through and start, you get Jesse Davis at right tackle. Uh, I do think that they would keep Isaiah Prince over Jordan Mills. And I think there's a possibility that they keep Zach Stirrup over Jordan Mills if Jordan, unless Jordan Mills is the starter. Because Zach Stirrup feels like the only one of the group that can fairly reliably bump over to left tackle. I don't have him in my mix to be a starter at right tackle, but I think he's got more positional flexibility to play on either side of the line than any of the other three do. So, Paul, I'll throw it again back to you. Uh, so you, you, you've listed your – your five starters there, Tunzel, Dieter, Kilgore, Jesse Davis, and Mills to start out the year. Obviously, you've got Isaiah Prince making the roster, too. How does the rest of the depth chart look on your end? I do have Shaq Calhoun making the roster. Um, I do have Ryan Anderson, and I've got Chris Reed as it stands right now. The only wild card for me, like I said, is if Jordan Mills does not start to begin the year, 
then I may remove him from my my 53 man entirely and keep Zach Starup just based on the the positional flexibility to play either side of the line. Yeah, I was certain that we were going to have a disagreement on this because I also do have Ryan Anderson making the roster. I've got Isaiah Prince, I've got Chris Reed, and I've got obviously Shaq Calhoun as well. So I, I, I definitely did not think we were going to be in agreement on all nine of these. And and listeners, we do not mix and match beforehand. We we don't talk about who we have. So we're not we're not uh, doing this to just line up and agree with each other. I have Zach Stirrup getting cut. God, I hope so because he's terrible. Um, Kyle Fuller, the center, he was drafted in the seventh round by the Texans a couple of years ago, started two games. I, I don't see him making it. One guy that's very interesting is Jared Jones-Smith out of uh, Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. He's 6'7", 317, and when he was measured, he had a 36 and one-fourth inch wingspan. So Tony Pauline, before the 2018 NFL draft, said that after the 2015 season, Jones-Smith was rated as the top NFL prospect ahead of Dorian Johnson and ahead of Adam Bisnawati, both players who were drafted in the fourth and sixth round of their respective NFL drafts. So he had a knee injury along the way, but he certainly has the wingspan. He'll be a guy to keep an interesting eye on. And then the rest of the, the, the final guy I don't think we've talked about is Aaron Montero from Boston College. Kind of a what you see is what you get Boston College, left tackle, right tackle. But the bigger thing here, Paul, is Ryan Anderson's a great example of that. And this is a player that Patrick Flaherty paid a lot of attention to at the Wake Forest Pro Day when presumably they were down there to scout fourth-round pick Phil Haynes. So any of these players, if they show some ability, uh, could very well, very easily find themselves making the Dolphins roster because there's just not a lot of talent on it. Yeah, and so I've got two things to say right here. First of all, going back to something you said, I want to apologize to our listeners that we haven't had any disagreements yet. It's way more fun when we disagree. Unfortunately, we also promise we're going to be honest here. So our, my sincere apologies that the only one that I've been correct on that cat hasn't been so far is Miles Gaskins. So I'm going to apologize on that one. But uh, cat's coming around, so we're good there. Uh, the other factor as well, though, just just to get back to being serious here, is is when you look at the crap we've got on the roster right now at offensive line. I mean, we've got some potential projects, some potential okay guys, some potential crap that may make the roster. It, this feels like the position above almost any other outside of pass rusher that may get shaken up the most when other teams make their cuts. Um, it's yeah, absolutely. such a, it, it the depth quality is at its lowest when you look at those two positions and and that's where we may see it get drastically shuffled yeah it, it really wouldn't surprise me kind of like what we talked about at the running back spot if the dolphins don't keep five or six running backs wouldn't surprise any of us if they ended up looking at a player like getting a Brandon Bolden back if he gets cut, or a Benny Cunningham from the Jaguars, a player like that. And offensive line, same way. We'll, we'll see if anybody does shake loose there from another roster. But So it's not looking great along the offensive line, and it's very important that Josh Rosen, that we get to at least 
say at the end of the year, provided that he plays, that he had a chance to throw the ball, which he did not have with the pass protection in Arizona last year. But I, I will say two final things about the offensive line that's a little bit encouraging. Is number one, I do think that the Dolphins are going to stick to the run a lot more this year. I mean, how could they not? And when you stick to the run a lot more and you try to win games a lot more in the fourth quarter, I think that is a lot better for your offensive line. They get in more of a rhythm. They block downhill. And when you start play-actioning from that point, then it, it's, it makes the offensive line's job a lot easier because you don't have those defensive ends and defensive tackles pinning their ears back to try to attack the quarterback like we've seen under Adam Gaze and under Joe Philbin. Secondly, you know, the Dolphins did get a very good offensive line coach in the league in Patrick Flaherty. I mean, this, keep in mind, this is an offensive line coach who from 2004 to 2015, Paul, you know, he was on two Super Bowl winning teams, and their job was to keep Eli Manning protected. And he took players like Sean O'Hara, like David Deal, who were nothing, who were late-round picks, undrafted free agents, and turned them into very, very good players. He has. Um, but, again, it, it's Miami has a lot of young guys that have a lot of potential, but we need to see Flaherty unlock that potential from these guys because even with the uh, if, if he's able to get through to these young guys, there still is a depth issue at the position, and that, that is worrisome. Yeah, there's a starting issue. There's a depth issue. That's for sure. And the reality is, I don't care how good of a coach he was in the Giants Super Bowl years, a lot of times you just can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So we're going to see how that happens and how this progresses with this offensive line. The good thing is it hasn't been good the last decade. So hopefully any improvement is still an improvement as we go along. On the offensive line, Paul, anything else you want to add on? No, I just I don't think even with our final predictions here uh, on our way too early prediction shows here, um, I don't think the back end of the position or the position group is currently on this roster. I mean, I, I know I'm going to keep saying that through OT or through training camp, et cetera, but again, I do not think that the final two or three potentially that may unseat a starter are on this roster today. Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement with you there. So it's going to be an interesting August when we start taking a look at how this offensive line is progressing, what kind of physical talent we see, who's getting the starting spots, and who's getting cut from other teams. That will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins offensive line here in June as we approach mini camp, training camp, and eventually the 2019 NFL season. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, thank you for the comments left on YouTube as well. Any questions that you want to see answered on this show, anything you want to see us talk about, feel free to leave that feedback as well. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. side. It ain't the left side, side. or the right, right side. side. And it must be the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.